Welcome to the Right Doctors Podcast of MQAICOG TV. Hello everyone, I am Dr. Anup Hazare from MQR. I welcome you on behalf of 61st AICOG 2018 from Bhubaneswar. You are watching this interview live on therightdoctors.com. Today with me is Dr. Queen Aditya. Ma'am is from AMRI Hospital, Kolkata. So ma'am has chosen a topic, very right topic for uh, Indian, uh, if you look at the Indian scenario, that is the iron requirement and supplementation in pregnancy. So ma'am, do you think all the women in India today require iron supplementation when they are planning for a pregnancy? In India, uh, India is actually uh, endemic for anemia. Uh, almost every woman is anemic uh, across the strata and uh, the lower strata obviously, more so with hookworm infestation and all kinds of diseases, tuberculosis and all that. So in uh, pregnancy there is a physiological anemia which all of us know, but that per se does not require so much of iron because that is a normoblastic, normocytic anemia. But the thing is that along with that, with the growing mass of the uh, hemoglobin, with the uh, placenta, the fetus, all of that growing will require an extra one gram of uh, iron during pregnancy and that needs a supplementation so every woman in India roughly requires some kind of iron supplementation and because of uh, rising trends of an anemia in spite of all the measures that are being taken uh, most of the women will require higher doses right ma'am now ma'am that said ma'am uh, which one formulation of iron would you prefer if it is a oral which one you prefer and if it is an IV or injectable preparation which one you prefer yes exactly now um, ideally I would want to give IV to everyone just to ensure uh, that it's being taken because compliance is a very big issue but that is not practicable and uh, people are going to run away at the very thought of it so we have to start with oral iron now oral iron comes in all kinds of formulations and uh, with so much available right from time immemorial ferrous uh, sulfate ferrous fumarate and all of those are there uh, and nowadays there is heme iron and the whole uh, range is there but if we have to look at bioavailability then the highest bioavailability will be with ferrous ascorbate so I personally use that and I would recommend the same right ma'am no ma'am uh, amongst the IV preparation so many formulations are there and today we see that a lot of people are debating on the role of FCMM, this is a yes. new molecule. Yes. How do you see this molecule ma'am? Earlier the uh, IM form formulations were also there but because of a lot of problems, first of all multiple injections, then painful injections and then staining at the site, compliance, all of these, and then people are living in far, far off villages have to keep coming and going for the same. So that's why it's not very practicable and nowadays with the IV uh, formulations available we don't go for that anymore. IV iron sucrose is something which I pr personally prefer during pregnancy only because it's approved okay. wide huh? wide large and wide it's approved that's why I go for iron sucrose during pregnancy but in postpartum or any other situation like uh, menorrhagia causing anemia or preoperative in those kind of situations I go for FCM okay. without any doubt right so what are the advantages what this molecule FCM carries over other molecules? FCM is a robust iron, huh? okay. carboxymaltose, so its stability is very high. It does not require any test dose and the biggest uh, advantage is that a huge amount can be given in one sitting. So for that, up to 1000 milligrams can be given in one sitting and whereas in iron sucrose we can give a maximum of 200 milligrams in a right. single sitting and maximum three times a week. So in a week we can give a maximum of 600 and whereas three sittings are required and here in a week we can give a 
thousand only in a single sitting, and it takes hardly fifteen minutes for that thousand milligrams to be given. And that's why it is very patient friendly, and so less amount of disposables are required, less less amount of traveling to the healthcare facility, and less physician time, less patient time. So in every respect, I would prefer FCM. But till now, it has not received approval from all the August bodies during pregnancy. So yes. currently, I am refraining personally. I know a lot of people who are going for it, and, and a lot of uh, studies are also going on. But uh, uh, as long as it is not actually approved, I will withhold it during pregnancy. But immediate post, even in most of the cases, immediate after both post delivery, I am giving a lot of women before discharging them also. When I see they are still anemic and I don't know whether they'll go home and comply, so I usually am trying to give them FCM after their delivery as well. Yes, ma'am. Very rightly you have said, ma'am. If uh, suppose the benefits are outweighing the risk, then we can go ahead with this molecule especially in the second and the yes. third trimester yes ma'am what are the key message you want to give to our audience or the upcoming gynecologists, PG students. Yes. Now, there's a lot of misconception about the iron intake. A lot of people say have iron after food, but there is a gross problem in absorption. So, we should know that iron ideally should be taken in between two meals. So, what I usually do is I tell the patients you take your breakfast roughly around 8.39 and have your lunch at once. So, around 11 a.m. you go for the iron. And ideally, it, uh, it can also be taken in empty stomach, but because there can be a lot of gastric irritation, that's why we do not say so I think 11 a.m. is a good solution it is ideally taken with lime juice or something like that but when it's already there in an ascorbate form we are not worried about that it is better to avoid tea coffee tannins those kind of things because they can hamper the absorption, absorption. and that is why this is something that a lot of people don't know a lot of people say have it after lunch or have it after dinner and then the bioavailability goes, goes really down. down the absorption goes really really down so right. that is something that I would like to uh, put forth the other thing is that we uh, as I said I would ideally go for IV iron just to ensure that it is being taken but that cannot be done that's not practicable either so we go for the oral form but we have to monitor the patient throughout whether there is uh, the hemoglobin is rising if it is still very low then at 32 to 33 weeks of pregnancy I think it's time we take a call because uh, for reticulocytosis and proper um, erythropoiesis at least three weeks is required so roughly 32 33 weeks if we take a call whether we go for IV or oral or whatever then it will take, take three weeks so that will become 36 37 weeks and by that time by the time she is about to deliver we should ensure that her hemoglobin uh, level is good enough and that is why at 32 33 weeks we should take a final call whether to go for IV iron and if uh, someone feels FCM is suitable they can go for it personally till now I'm not doing so in this particular stage I go for iron sucrose and uh, whatever uh, is remaining requirement is I go postpartum. Thank you ma'am. Thanks for sharing your opinions. It thank was a so pleasure much. to have you here ma'am. Oh, thank you so Looking much. Looking forward pleasure to connecting again ma'am. Thank you ma'am. You were listening to a podcast of Mcure AICOG TV from the Right Doctors. We bring insights from the world's best medical minds to audiences worldwide. The Right Doctors is a Google Launchpad digital health startup and is a knowledge partner of choice for medical conferences, CME, speciality journals and scientific events from the field of medicine. If you like this podcast, share it with your friends and visit our website www.therightdoctors.com.